Spanning from the People's Republic of China through Central Asian countries along the Caspian Sea to Europe, the Trans-Caspian Corridor is an increasingly important channel for transportation and cross-border trade. In this podcast, AVI's Dina Ashkayeva, Yelena Kalyushnova of the University of Reading, and Richard Pomfret of the University of Adelaide describe how improved infrastructure development within the corridor could drive post-COVID-19 trade and inclusive economic opportunities. They also explain how this could be achieved. The discussion draws upon the new ADBI press book, Unlocking Transport Connectivity in the Trans-Caspian Corridor, which they co-authored. Hi, Dina, Yelena, Richard. Welcome to Asia's Developing Future. To start things off, can you explain what the Trans-Caspian Corridor is? We've been looking at the options of transporting from Central Asia and East Asia to Europe and the Middle East by using the corridor that goes across the Caspian Sea. And if it was rail from Asia to the East Coast of the Caspian, boat across the Caspian, and then rail link on to Europe or to Turkey. What's the status of the corridor? What we've seen over the last 10 years is a big improvement in the infrastructure and there's been a big increase in transport coming from Central Asia to East Asia and to Europe. Almost all of that has gone from the People's Republic of China, across Kazakhstan, Russia, Belarus and Poland to Europe. There's been a huge increase in the number of endpoints for different cities in Europe or in People's Republic of China. And so there's a demand for a variety of routes. The potential for the Trans-Caspian Corridor is that that would better serve routes going to Southeast Europe, to Turkey and to the Middle East. The importance of the Trans-Caspian Corridor is in diversifying these hard infrastructure links. What's the corridor's economic potential and how does infrastructure fit into the equation? The potential economic benefits of the Trans-Caspian Corridor include increase in cross-border trade, income, production, investments, employment, and decrease in transportation cost. Investments in infrastructure lead to reduction in transportation cost, which positively affects trade. Increased trade can stimulate economic development through business development, job creation, and better quality of life. However, magnitude of the impact varies by country, transport corridor, type of infrastructure, for example, road, rail, airport or seaport. Also, impact varies by sectors and by firm size. Impact of infrastructure investment are not limited to regions where projects are allocated, but there is a spillover effect to other regions from these infrastructure projects. What are the barriers to greater infrastructure development in the region? The challenges of infrastructure financing caused by low population density, vast distances between cities and landlocked location. Major barriers for infrastructure investments also include long-term projects, high upfront costs, large scale of investments, high risk. That's why cross-border connectivity is important. What's the Trans-Caspian Corridor's expansion path? Historically, the trade of Central Asia has been concentrated on primary products and exporting oil and gas, minerals, cotton and similar products. 
That worked very well up until the end of the resource boom in 2014. But it is now clear that the progress will require diversification of the economy into new areas of agriculture and manufacturing. That will involve also developing export markets. And crucial for that is to reduce the costs of doing business in Central Asia and the costs of international trade. And the costs of international trade will be reduced by the kind of infrastructure investment that Dina mentioned. But it's also important to improve the soft infrastructure. In other words, to improve the ease with which borders can be crossed, the requirements in terms of paperwork, forms needed, so on and so on and so forth. Elena, can you talk a bit about the geopolitical side of this challenge? If we look at oil and gas, getting oil from Central Asia and the Caspian Sea in general to international markets often poses a bigger challenge than getting it out of the ground. These challenges could be unfolded as economic, technical and political. As the oil and gas industries of the independent Caspian states has developed, they see a barrier to export oil and gas in a politically complex region that presents the Caspian oil producers with a unique set of challenges. What kind of measures are needed to enable infrastructure investment and overcome transport and trade barriers in the Trans-Caspian Corridor after COVID-19? Basically, Networks of rail and pipeline have been developed to transport hydrocarbons from the region and are still being considered for the future. The policy implications here are quite complex because we have to look at all parties involved. Further hydrocarbon development in Central Asia, while markets are being reassessed in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, the world's shift away from the reliance on hydrocarbon fuels. Energy companies may cut back on new explorations and may even decide not to develop some of the reserves that they considered, discovered. Host governments will have to be aware of the alternative investment opportunities open to the potential investors and develop ways to ensure that the resources they hold are the ones that get developed. How can countries work together to tackle these issues? A decade ago, it could easily take seven days for a train to cross a border between two countries in Central Asia. So one of the crucial things is to get agreement on how you can minimize these times. And I think more willingness of the governments to talk to each other, and particularly the customs services to talk to each other. International agencies like the Asian Development Bank can help to highlight the needs and to facilitate cooperation. What are your recommendations for maximizing economic spillover effects of the Trans-Caspian Corridor's development moving forward? The Caspian countries have banked on trade with their immediate neighbors as a stopgap remedy for their economic needs. This policy of prioritizing trade and other economic ties with immediate neighbors can under even more pressure due to COVID-19, therefore establishing trade corridors in the form of pipelines and railway lines focusing on trans-Caspian links is even more crucial in this period of time. Central Asian countries recognize their desirability of economic diversification and to take advantage of new transport options, including the Trans-Caspian Corridor, Central Asian countries need to implement domestic policy reforms to make it easy to start new businesses and trade across borders. To wrap up, what is the outlook for Trans-Caspian Corridor transport and trade? 
We have learned some things from the impact of COVID. One has been this, this increase in trade within the region, but also there's been a dramatic shift in the mode of transport between Asia and Europe. Regular services start in 2011. And the number of containers had increased to over 300,000 a year by 2019. They increased to 550,000 last year, and they'll increase to at least 700,000 this year, based on what we know so far. There's been quarantine, problems of blocking the Suez Canal. It's been very difficult. Freight rates have increased tremendously. These don't affect rail. And so the advantage of rail in terms of reliable delivery, faster than sea, more reliable than sea, firms have been willing to pay the extra premium of the slightly higher cost. So that's been an, an important thing that has emerged as a result of COVID. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.